All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Broom Boys. I'm Guy, and here's my brother, Buddy. What is up, folks? Oh, we got some exciting, exciting news that makes everything we said last week at the end of the show like we got to walk that back. We're uh, we're retconning some stuff tonight. Yeah, but it's for a very good reason. Such very, a good very reason. good reason. Yeah. So we will. Uh, we're going to launch into our news, and then we'll launch into our topic. Uh, first bit of news. October 2020 Mandalorian season two premiere date has been revealed. Uh, so we are early February right now. That yep. means we're eight months away. They Countdown. are not wasting any time. No time being wasted getting that show up and going. Um, Which is appreciated. Oh, it's appreciated. <laughs> and I mean, for really good reason. Fucking good show. Um, which is, int- I mean, it's awesome for anybody who's especially wanting to see some live action Star Wars television. Um, in fact, which, you know, kind of where, I mean, with the Obi-Wan show coming, that's, I mean, and then, what will, okay, wait, before we go there, what was the other news? Oh, the other news. Oh, it's sad. Oh, are we talking about the passing mm-hmm. that occurred? Yeah. Shortly. Um, yeah, unfortunately, Hollywood legitimate legend, uh, Kirk Douglas has passed away. I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. 103 years old, uh, starred in over 90 movies. Uh, as weird as it is to say, I think his career was cut off by a stroke, uh, Mm -hmm. back in the nineties. I think he probably could have put out a few more performances. Um, but a legend an absolute legend and father of another absolute legend, Michael Douglas. Um, I mean, the man lived a hell of a life. Uh, Yeah. You can't be like, Oh, you know, uh, Hey, Oh, it's so it's heartbreaking. It's not, it's, it's the, to lose such a legend and influence is, is, is the sad part, but you know what, to make it so far, all you can say is hell yeah. What, what a hell of a ride. And you can only hope to, to go as, go us long and have have so have <laughs> have such a good good time doing it i mean hopefully it's like uh he had some rough stuff in towards the end with his grandson i know that but that even seemed to be kind of all getting all worked out at least somewhat from what i've seen and read yeah so. yeah um I mean, he he left behind a wife and a couple of kids and grandkids and probably even great grandkids so, at this point. At this point, um, he he was married twice. He was married twice. The first marriage was not super long, um, but is the marriage that fathered uh, Michael into the world. And then his second wife, him and his second wife, were married for sixty-five Damn. years, and that is just unbelievably amazing. And and. Um, that's that's I guess where it is the the heartbreak the sad is for the family members who have lost um, lost that presence that that we we lose a legend they lose a loved one that touched their hearts for a long time daily um, or intimately and it's like we that that's where that's where the sad part of it is but wow what a legend. Yeah. So real quick, favorite Kirk Douglas movie. What do you got? 
Oh, you're gonna put me on the freaking spot. I yeah, ninety movies, man. Goddamn ninety Goddamn right movies, I am. and you want me to pick like, and now I'm gonna have to go because now I'm like, uh, which one is my favorite? And I don't want to forget one that I've seen that I God damn. I mean, so you you're the dude that said I am Spartacus. You're not going to roll with Spartacus. Spartacus is your I mean, how can you say? Okay, I mean, Spartacus is definitely in top ten because what a legend! I mean, just the line "I am Spartacus" is like immortal. Um, but to say that was like his best movie, ah, uh, I mean. Well, I'm not asking you for what you oh, think his favorite. best movie is. I'm asking for your personal favorite. Your personal mm. favorite. Okay, well, what's yours? Let me see. Oh, yeah, see? Okay, I'm going to go with the movie that I grew up watching him in quite often, and I'm pretty sure you could go out to your Disney Plus and turn it on and watch it right when you're done with this podcast. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I was actually just about to say that. that Because that was where I was going, wait a sec. And that's where... That's why... I mean, he did a song and dance in that right? movie, man. Played. Uh, he went from playing his normal, serious, heavy role to more of a lighthearted... Uh, sailor on the uh on the nautilus under captain nemo i mean it was it was a good movie um big hit back in the day good special effects for its time i mean um see and just right yeah, just and a I, wonderful movie I, lots of fun I lighthearted that, and fun. that would probably be i would i would definitely say that one right there is would probably be one of my my favorites if not my favorite um Nostalgic wise, again, right? favorite, Nostalgic not best. Wise, though, I mean, not because I actually ever watched the movie, but like my parents, I at least my mom loved the man from Snowy River. Oh yeah, no, great movie, great movie. That's um, another classic, um, beloved. But yeah, I can't say that that's one that I can't. I don't. I. I know it, but I I can't. I, I'm gonna have to go and watch it because my I just remember if that was like my at the time my mother and I was that was like right in my childhood growing up and that was like swoon. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had that effect on ladies <laughs> his whole life. So, but but you hear it unanimous. Uh, Twenty thousand leagues under the sea for favorite. Uh, Kirk Douglas movie, so may he rest in peace, but you know his memory will definitely live forever. Um, I did learn something mm. interesting about him I want to throw out. Um, I was doing a little reading on him after the news came that he passed, but he is directly responsible for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest becoming a motion picture and a Broadway play. He bought the rights to the book, starred in the play on Broadway for six years, and then had the movie rights, didn't know what to do with them. Gave the movie to Michael, and Michael got it made with Jack Nicholson turning in his legendary performance as Murphy. Um, so yeah, he's not only responsible for great stuff in front, but great stuff on stage and great stuff uh, behind the scenes. Wow, now I didn't know that, but yeah, and that was... I didn't know that wow. either. I had oh, no well, clue. There we go. I, and I'm sure it's not a secret. I mean, I'm sure that, that, that people knew that, but... 
I had no idea. I thought it was kind of a cool little what, thing. Yeah. What what a what a a legend. Straight up plain and simple legend. Absolutely. Yep. Straight up legend. So straight up legend. With that with that bit out of the way, um let's get to our final bit. The the exciting. The the what the reason why we had to retcon the last show and say it never happened. Well, no, the show happened, but we stated at the end of the last show that Never we were going happened. to dedicate this episode to the Mandalorian. <laughs> no, it happened. We just retconned just... it. It didn't happen. This, it's just in everybody's imagination. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we can't share this piece of news and then not have it also be the the topic of discussion for the episode. Um, Disney Plus developing a show based around a much loved character from the EU. And I'm talking about the one and only Mrs. Luke Skywalker herself. And Mara we even Jade. talked about, about her in our first show. And then a second, we did, show with we Luke. did because we, t- yeah, yeah. She was a big character. Lots and lots of books written about her. Well, written with her in them. And um, up until, mm-hmm. and even, even some, uh, they did, I can't remember the name of the book offhand, but I have it in hardback. It's downstairs packed away with a lot of my other books just because I simply don't have room to put everything out. Um, they did a neat little story with her um, taking command of like a renegade group of stormtroopers, kind of. It was um, and written by Timothy Zahn. I can't, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember the name of the book offhand. But yeah, they've done some great stories with her. Right. And so... Now, nothing is actually known other than it's in development, right? Well, I mean, it's supposedly in development. And I'm I'm sure a Mara Jade show is probably one amongst many ideas being well, kicked around. to have that, um, I mean, and we, we talked about it, to have that little bit uh, of a nod at Galaxy's Edge... Um, for that that she's alive and exists in the Star Wars universe um i i don't know it's like it, we it, we knew it was coming well i mean i think we hoped it was coming and then obviously with the way that the films panned out she's definitely not going to be Luke's wife i don't think i mean all the evidence would kind of point that direction that that little connection to that marriage um, will not be a factor in any ongoing story. Um, But yeah, I mean, out of all the potential shows, Mm. one starring and centered around Mara Jade was definitely near the top of my list. Now, now just I'm going to throw this out here really quick, just because it hit my head. Like, you know, it went through the fan. Okay. Throw it at the wall. Let's see if it sticks. Throw it at the wall. You remember what we were talking about, uh, uh, or at least I was like ranting about um, uh, when I was talking how um, I suspect Disney's going to take these shows, introduce a series of characters that they're going to basically take 50 years or whatever, how many years into the future, and then use them as kind of catalysts for characters in the movies the the new movies coming out that are going to continue the star wars saga just and the skywalker saga but star wars is going to continue as we 
found out new movies with Ray and Finn or whatever, Poe. Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, you, you brought up Poe. Apparently, they're eyeballing a, a Poe okay. origin movie, too. There's another little bit of bonus um, news. Um, I nice. saw that today. Forgot to share it to your Facebook. I apologize. It's, it's all good. Friend. It's all good. I we, we we made it. It's here. It's there, and it's in my head now. But in, so, wouldn't it be interesting if they take Mara, they introduce her, they build her character, and then you progress her, you do whatever you're gonna do. Maybe her and Luke do have some kind of romance or whatever. But at that point in time. For whatever reason, she moves on. They she she goes away or whatever, and then you could always have Ray at that point in time find Mara later on in a movie and basically take her as a master, her master kind of thing. And you could go through this whole fall, dark, whatever. You could go through the whole origins with the show, and then have this character set up to be basically like. Ray's next master in the movies. I'm not, or or whoever, or however, or whatever, you know, or have a secret order or whatever. Yeah, see, I, I don't see, I don't see how or why they would set it up for her to be connected to Ray. Uh, the most interesting thing about Mara is that she was an emperor's hand. At least in the EU. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. In the EU, she was an emperor's hand and directly under control of the emperor. Uh, executed his will. Executed people. I mean, did whatever he needed done. And then, you know, when he died, she broke away from that. I mean, we'd be talking that by the time Ray was able to mix up with her, she would be a fairly old woman if they tried to stick with that story. Um, I think the more interesting thing to do with her would be to, I don't know, maybe retcon her age a little bit backwards to where maybe she was involved with the Inquisitors as an Emperor's Hand. So instead of serving during the High Empire time, uh, send her out against Jedi. Because, yeah, I just, I don't see, I just don't see them building the show to turn her into an old lady for to pal around with Ray. I just, I, I don't think that would be the best use of the character. That's just my personal opinion. Now, meanwhile, I'm getting like these, like these toying flashes of the idea. If you take Mara and you do those kind of things, you could even uh, potentially turn her into, uh, you know, do the whole Emperor's Hand or, or uh, uh, Inquisitor or whatnot, and then have her find redemption with the Jedi and then have her get cut off um, from the Force and actually even turn her into the kind of semblance of Kriya even. I mean, you could do a whole lot with her character with what they have the potential if, you're, if you just want to play fancy free and loose. Um, you could you could go wherever the hell I you mean, wanted well, sure. to I mean, and it's... make her a complete badass, like super antagonist, um, for the the next movies if you if they wanted to. Um, uh, you see, but I don't think they will go the antagonist route. She is so beloved in the Star Wars community of I mean of the of the community that's at least aware of her. 
and I think a good portion of them probably are. Um, I don't see them turning her into a villain. It would be a hell of a story twist. It would definitely grab people by the balls and make them make them pay attention. <laughs> Yank but them around. I don't see them doing that. I I I see them. Um, <laughs> I see them Harley Quinning her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Um, you know, Harley is so popular. They had Uh, to, they had to make her somewhat, somewhat of a good guy, you know? Um, you know, I mean, and it's not the first time they Mm -hmm. did it to Venom in the Marvel comics. They, they do, they take a lot of, they take a lot of villains and turn them into straight up Uh, heroes or anti-heroes. I mean, he's like Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think if they do. A show it'll it'll probably be during during the empire as we know it um and then hopefully maybe they stretch it out to the time after although it's i mean it's just it's tricky but maybe they will maybe they'll make mara jade raise apprentice maybe they'll go that route with it you know, maybe maybe they'll come up with some super way to where yeah, she was in Emperor's hand, and then maybe maybe she got put into carbonite, maybe, and then Ray finds her and wakes her up. I mean, who knows? There's a bunch Ooh. of there's a bunch of ways that, that could go be, about doing I mean, that it. That would be a pretty sweet um, twist: the carbonite thing, he frozen, and then be like, bam! Yeah, yeah, she's she's not, she's yeah, the same. Wow, that would be really cool. I mean, I would assume you don't age while you're frozen in carbonite, or if you do, it's probably slowed down significantly. I mean, I'm, even I mean, then, sure. even if you were going to do that, uh, you could even at that point in time, up into the point in time she's frozen in carbonite, you could actually go through the whole saga, I mean, of her potentially even betraying uh, whoever or whatever um, right towards the end of... Uh, or basically so you could set it up that she even her and Luke were even an item later, like sometime at some point. And he did help, you know, save her and go through all that. And rather than him and her falling in love, getting married and having a baby, she was basically yanked away by a bounty hunter frozen in carbonite. And then somehow never arrived at her destination and just kind of ended up lost or as a prize. Kind of thing. I mean, sure, sure. You could do, wow, or, uh, that carbonite you know, trick. Emperor's Emperor sends her after Luke, and she fails. And to punish her, he throws her in carbonite and puts her in some storage facility at some Forever imperial planet. Frozen. And then the Empire falls. You know, Empire falls, and then you know the rebellion comes along and finds this facility, and you know takes out the Imperials, and then finds her frozen, and then thaws her. You know. I mean, yeah, there there are possibilities are endless, and I think the carbonite trick, if it works the way I think it works, you know, uh, is a little bit of time travel. Dude, that straight up bone. So who on knows? That one. Who knows what they'll do with it? Yeah, yeah. But, um, so we've got we've got. Hopefully, the show is actually being developed. Um, clearly, it's going to be female led, so they need to cast somebody. So here's a question to you, my friend. Who do you cast to play Margie? Oh boy! All right, so I think we need to have some specific guidelines for for these then, because the pool is obviously goes from. I mean, if if you open it up to any and every every female 
who's you know a kick-ass lead that's like yeah um yeah it's a massive so it's a massive let's, list let's at least put so some i mean on it so i can at least try and and get my head wrapped around it so let's start with redheads then let's start with either natural yes mara, mara jade has always been a redhead natural redheads natural redheads to play um, mara jade okay you know um okay you go first. i'll go first i'll go first i'll go first um jessica chastain okay. what's what's she in Give me, give me some roles. Um, the name is. So she was in the the Martian did, mm-hmm. with Matt yep, Damon. Yep, yep. Did you okay. see that movie? Okay, so she was she was the captain of the of the crew. You know that was that Matt Damon was, was with. She was the commander, Commander Lewis, I think her name was. She was the mission commander that you know, and then she was the one that made the call to evacuate. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, was guilty the entire time. And then like when they actually rescued Matt, uh, Damon, she was out there on the, in the little space chair, reeling him in. Um, she's a natural redhead. She's beautiful. She's athletic. I mean, I, and she's a really good actress and she's a very well known name. Choice. That's, that's um, a good so I think, one. think she'd be a good choice. I think um, she'd be a good know, choice. I am... Um, I'm going to actually go with, uh, with, with Karen Gillan. Is that how you say her name? Gillan? Ah, yeah. Gillan, I think. Yeah. Karen Gillan. Nebula herself. Um, And already, already working for Disney. So, I mean, you've got that advantage going for her. She's proven herself in fight scenes, hands down, like... Oh yeah, no. Nebula went from in Guardians One. She was obviously one of the main villains, the second villain, the secondary antagonist behind Ronan, um, to becoming a very beloved, deep, well acted character. I'm also gonna have um, to say not only not only with what she did with Nebula, but I mean she hands down like was able to keep up like and not be overacted or overshadowed by the rock in both Jumanji movies. I see. And I've never seen the Jumanji movies. Um, You know, it's like if some people love them, some people hate them guilty pleasures, but um, Jack Black and those kind of things. But she really, (laughs) Uh, she does a kick-ass job. Just, I mean, not a great actress. Um, and again, uh, action-wise, she definitely, um, uh, really, really, really holds her own. Like it, it's just, I, I, I'm like that's where I am with it. But yeah, I I like your choice too. So de- more more than just a pretty face, obviously. Absolutely. More than just a pretty face. Um, I mean, then you've got some other very talented, interesting redheads like Emma Stone, oh. for example. Um, you know, she's a natural redhead. Uh, you've got Amy Adams, who is mm-hmm. a natural redhead and a very very talented actress. Um. You know, you could go with somebody like Isla Fisher, 
if you wanted to go on the younger side, Isla Fisher is a you know a gorgeous, gorgeous redhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I don't know if the physicality would really um, would really suit her. Um, there's Bryce Dallas Howard, who actually directed an episode of The Mandalorian, so she's right. kind of yeah, connected to the say, Star Wars was... world. Um, and she, and she was in Jurassic, uh, the new Jurassic mm-hmm. Park movies with, uh, with Chris Pratt. Um, you know, and then, I mean, you could do somebody like say Deborah Ann Wool. I don't know. Does that name mm. strike familiar to you? No, it doesn't. Uh, she played Karen Page on the Netflix okay. Daredevil show, which they're, they're talking that, Kevin Feige wants to bring Charlie Cox and um, Vincent D'Onofrio into the to the movies, so she might be busy if they're if they're going to bring the Netflix cast over to the MCU proper. Um, she might be too busy, but she's a wonderful actress. She was in I think it was, was Vampire it Diaries. Deborah, she was in one Deborah of the Vampire Ann, shows. What, what's, I I think I actually just Deborah Ann yeah. Wool W O L L. Yes, yes, I know who that is. Yeah. Faces. A whole lot easier with faces. Um, yeah. Okay, so now if we... Yeah, a whole lot easier with faces. Exit, say, the realm of redheads just because, I mean, you could make anybody a redhead. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i I'm almost bald as an egg and they could give me hair in Hollywood. They could give I, you hair you know, and if boobs. If they ever were desperate enough to cast me. I mean... Exactly, yeah. If they ever were desperate enough to cast me in a movie... I could have whatever they needed me to have because Hollywood is a, a realm of magic and wonder. Do, dude. He can work wonders. For like firsthand? Yeah. Like you shouldn't my guy my guy liner okay. is point. <laughs> All right. Let's roll with it. Anyway, uh <laughs> there's a we'll take a moment. Um no, but let's see. So like I mean Boy, if you were to, so now it can be now it can be if anybody. You could say any, any actress at all whatsoever. I mean, that makes well, it so know, hard because it's like uh, it doesn't. It but it doesn't because I mean I think if you're going to get an actress to play a Jedi, they have to have a certain level of physicality that comes along with it, and they have to have. A certain level of the ability to okay here's a fake lightsaber but you have to swing it like it's real and we need to be able to teach you and, and blah 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 and there there's a couple of actresses that come to mind that i think oh they would be absolutely perfect at handling all of the physicality stuff and the first one uh i want to bring up is katrina law Ooh. from um she was on the spartacus uh show that was on stars and then she played Nissa oh, Al Ghul okay. on Arrow, and you saw her kicking absolute ass in that show, both just martial arts and with weapons. And I mean, you're talking physicality, beautiful, uh, you know. And then of course she's, uh, you know, she's not a redhead, dark hair, uh, definitely darker skin. Um, but a wonderful actress and very capable of doing whatever fight scenes uh, could be thrown at her. Right. So, and then number two, also coming out of Arrow, would be Katie Lotz. 
who she is now White Canary. She was the Black Canary at first, um, and then they killed her and brought her back, and now she's on Legends of Tomorrow. But Katie Lott, Sarah, uh, Sarah Lance is who she plays. She is just an absolute badass um, and a good actress. What do you think? You know, I am. I'm gonna definitely agree. Um, that's a that's a oh God, a great list. Um, see, I'm like, well, I mean, Katrina Law is on Hawaii Five O right now, so she might be busy. Well, and on uh, when, who is what the, the timeline the of the gal, show is? Uh, Oh, she's been in. Oh, she was in what Star Trek and uh, and uh, Avengers. Uh, or, well, she was in not Avengers, but uh, well, Endgame and shit. Uh, but uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. What's her name? Played Gamora. Um, I'm really of. Uh, what's her name? She played. played she played Gamora. Gamora. Zo- Zoe Salt. Oh, Zoe her, okay, Saldana. yeah, her. She's another one that it's like uh, definitely a, definitely could hold her own in in, in that those roles. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. As Gamora, she's right? uh, she's amazing. Um, well, and she was she yeah. was in she was in Avatar. Oh, she's and Avatar. All, she's, she's been in action, Star she's, Trek. Yeah, she's she been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, like no, that. she's so it's like, she's incredible. She's yeah, she no, definitely she's an incredible actress. has the the action chops behind her. Um so it's like Oh, it and really, and the acting chops. I think also back. another thing that would really determine who you would cast is age. Cuz I mean I suppose we're we're thinking probably younger Mara Jades. There's no saying that they they're gonna do a younger. They may do middle aged. They may. I mean, older. I don't really see why you would do an older one. Um, well, I mean, what uh, what direction do you think it's easier for them to go if they have to digitally or through makeup or whatever age somebody? It's probably easier for them to make somebody look older than it is for them to well, make somebody yeah. look younger. I mean, now granted, we've seen them do the CGI de aging with. You know, with Michael Douglas on Ant Man, uh, um, and with Samuel L. Jackson and Captain say, Marvel. Yeah. I mean, they 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 obviously can do it if they need to, um, but I think that's a pretty expensive proposition. If we're talking a a TV series, which um, it seems like a lot of the other shows, like The Mandalorian, got eight episodes, but I read with the reveal of the um, like Loki and and WandaVision and uh, and Falcon and Winter Soldier shows that they're gonna only have I think six episodes oh, a piece. Wow. Yeah, I know. I don't know their length. I imagine it'll be hour ish. Um, I, in fact, I think I read that WandaVision's only gonna have four episodes. I could be wrong, but I thought I might have read that WandaVision's only gonna have four. Have you noticed that it seems like television shows have gone back to the whole miniseries as like kind of schematics for format? 
Well, I mean, HBO has kind of been behind that where they're, they've just been producing like these limited run series. I mean, set aside things like Game of Thrones and Westworld, a lot of the, the other stuff that fill up their, their programming, like look at Chernobyl that they just did and they won a bunch of awards for. Right. And I, um, I'm not going to say that's wrong because if you actually look back like into the shows that we remember so fondly and so dearly growing up, a lot of them only ran like four seasons max. Some of them are like two seasons. Uh, trying to think of my beloved shows growing up. And I mean, at what at what age do you put me? Do you put me back when I'm like four years old and I'm I'm waiting with bated breath for the A-team to come on right. every Sunday or, or whatever day of the week it was on and, you know, Airwolf and MacGyver mm-hmm. and all that stuff? Or are we talking about like star trek the next generation when it rolled around when i was a little bit older um you know i mean roseanne ran forever i watched that home improvement i watched that when i was a kid um but yeah no i mean i think i think the i think the miniseries is having a resurgence and it's not to say that i think they're using the WandaVision show to maybe set up the doctor strange movie because that's always kind of been the connection that wanda is going to be um going to be in the next Doctor Strange movie, who, by the way, they're apparently talking to Sam Raimi to direct now. Um, and that should excite people because he was the original, behind Spider-Man. The very, very first one. The Toby. Ori- well, Toby. Toby. Um, you Toby, know, yeah. and that's... Um, I... Obviously, there were a whole lot of mixed feelings. Like, I, I go back. Like, I remember when when uh, that that the whole Toby Spider-Man came out and I was stoked for it. I have been a Spider-Man fan like forever. Um, and like a lot of people, but it's been sick. Um, anyway, uh, so I remember, I remember when it came out and I, and I was so excited. And then you saw some of the liberties they took and you had to just as a fan say, it's okay because they put Spider-Man finally on the movie screen and it didn't look like crap. It didn't look like some dude jumping around in his underwear or some, you know, lame spandex tights. Like Superman looked good. Like it didn't look absolutely ridiculous that, uh, that Christopher Reeves was running around in the Superman outfit. He, it looked, you know, believable, um, cinematically. Oh, yeah. I mean, the tag to that movie was You Will Believe a Man Can Fly. And I mean, by God, in the 1970s, they they pulled it off. So it was like to finally see Spider-Man. And that was 98, I want to say 99, right? 2000. No, no, no. Don't you remember? Don't you remember? No, because they did a trailer where he put a giant web in between the Twin Towers. And then they had to take it out because of the 9-11 attacks. So it would have been like 2001-ish, 2002 that it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember because we went to, you and I went to go see something. (laughs) I can't remember what we went to go see. I don't think it was Uh, the movie we chose. I think the females in our lives at the time chose the movie. But the Spider-Man trailer. We went to see because I want to say it was a CGI... um, Final oh, was Fantasy, it Final yeah. Fantasy Advent Children? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. 
Because that was the deal we made, is we agreed to go with our ladies to see Legally Ugh. Blonde if they went with us to see Final Fantasy Advent Children. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, or God. whatever yeah, that, that Final was... Fantasy movie was. No, it wasn't Advent no, Children, it was, was it? It was just Final Fantasy. And... Yeah, Advent Children yeah. came out later. It was like the sequel to that. But it was based on like the Final Fantasy VII yeah. world, yeah, I right? Say that's right. As far as I remember. Yeah. This was almost 20 years ago, kids. You're going to have to forgive our gaps right. in our memory. So, but yeah, I remember that. And they, yeah, they had to take that out. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It was right at that point in time. Oh, that was that saga. Um, so anyway, but yeah, <laughs> we'll skip that saga. Um, but we, We'll get back to Mara right. Jade at some point, kids, uh, so I promise you. Sam. We wow, warned you. Sam. Tangents. Tangents. And so tangents. He, I was actually, you know, and then Spider-Man 2 was just... They did such a great job with that. It's like for sequels. Oh, one of one of the best superhero movies of all time mm-hmm. is Spider-Man and the sequels. 2. Like sequels never Hands do down. well, Hands and down. they nailed that sequel. I mean, it was it was beautiful. And then, oh yeah, three. perfection, perfection. I loved that movie. And then you got three emo Spider-Man. <laughs> what the f- I. My kids were watching well, that the other day, and I literally had to just... I walked away in disgust. Like, I... Well, and they did the same thing with Andrew Garfield in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, where the first one was awesome, and then the second one, they turned him into mm-hmm. emo Spider-Man. Uh, I mean, thank God they haven't gone that route with uh, the current Spider-Man Right, movies. The Spider-Man, the thing about it is... I think that's always about it is the dude takes hit after hit and keeps getting up. Even if he's like bitter about it, pissed about it, hates it, makes a joke about it, whatever he keeps getting up and yeah, they, they shit on. Spidey yeah. And then it's, <laughs> and he, and he comes back for more. He always, and does. I think God they got him. that sort of in the light. That's part of why I think Spider-Man cracks as many jokes as he does is because dude's always getting his shit kicked around i mean aunt may he's got people constantly going after family it's like for all these other superheroes that have family that never gets messed with his it's like mary jane's always getting in trouble or it's aunt may was always in trouble so you know doc Ock kills aunt may or whoever it was, it it was like yeah, it's like how many different times can some one person? Anyhow, <laughs> okay. But... So so how about how about Norman Osborn in the comics knocking up Gwen Stacy and then killing her? <laughs> I mean, wait, what? what the I fuck? missed this. Obviously, don't no. Don't you remember that comic, dude? It was like. It was like Amazing Spider-Man 128 I didn't realize he knocked her like up. I mean, I, re- I know he killed the Green Goblin yeah, kills her, obviously, because yeah. that's the whole trolley's... Yeah, but she was apparently... She was pregnant. I did not know that. I did not realize... Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah, go back and read I it mean... again. I only... I only... I mean, I haven't read those <laughs> books in ages, but I heard, um, I heard people talking about it. I believe it. it. And they brought that up, so I may I might be wrong, but these guys know no, their these, shit. This is the drama so that I tend that to believe them because Spider Man. I mean, uh, but that's the part of the the Spider Man universe that happened. This is like Spider Man, Spider Man's girlfriend Gwen Stacy, Green Goblin's like uh, has her, you know, and the trolley. It's like take your pick, Spider Man. 
Spider-Man trying to do, you know, save both of them. It's like, and goes and saves the trolley and then webs uh, Gwen Stacy's ankle like he they did in Spider-Man 2, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 or whatever, Garfield. And he, as the, you know, as she goes down, uh, the, the whiplash, the force of the whiplash breaks her neck. And so he thinks he saves the people, saves her, goes to get her, and then she's dead in his arms. And Spider-Man's the reason she's dead, minus the fact that she would have died anyway. Um, but that, yeah, that and that that was a and they did that with Mary Jane in the in Spider-Man uh, with the Green Goblin and the whole thing and making him pick. Well, they didn't kill Mary Jane. Um, instead, they let her live, and he saved everybody. And then the Green Goblin dies. Um, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I'm, uh, I've always been, I grew up a DC kid more than a Marvel kid, so. um, I think I remember that, but that's like. Yeah, I mean. They were, that's the other part about comic books. Comic books back in the day were like soap operas. They were written like soap operas. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Stan Lee, God, God bless him. He mm-hmm. was a writer. I mean, he came up with stories that captivated, you know. I mean, it wasn't, they weren't necessarily for kids. They might have said Comic Code approved, but they weren't no, necessarily for kids. But they were kids. great. Yeah, great. But anyway. And then, which has led us to the universe that we gave us, uh, or to his, that whole thing that gave us the Marvel Universe. And now, eventually, again, brings us back to where we are with Star Wars and Sam on Star Wars. Yeah, well, I mean, Sam, um, yeah, no, it just, we, we, Sam Raimi came up because I mentioned Dr. Strange oh, 2 and Strange he's rumored too. to be the guy they're That's talking right. to Sorry. direct it. <laughs> yeah, um, which we got, which we got to because you started talking about miniseries be coming back and then we talked about, you know, the episode length of the shows and then that, you know, uh, WandaVision is maybe setting up the Doctor Strange 2 movie, which led us to Sam, which led us to Spider-Man, which led us back to here. We warned you, kids. Tangents. We I go off I hope you enjoyed the track. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, like that, we're like that dog in that movie up where we see a squirrel and it gets our focus. And we just saw a Spidey squirrel and we chased it. But here we go. So, uh... So we've got a nice little fantasy cast or, you know, mm-hmm. at least a list, um, you know, the Supporting odds, cast. the odds of them. Do you think, well, I I'm mean, not saying let's not supporting any, cast is, do you, I mean, who do you think they're going to have other than Mara Jane? I mean, Mara in the story, do you think they're, they're going to, I, dude, I have no idea. I wouldn't even know where to guess because I mean, you could say, oh, well, they're going to set it during the time of the emperor. So let's get Ian McDermott and let's throw somebody in a Darth Vader suit and get James Earl Jones to record some lines and then have some stormtroopers and, and some faceless rebels. But I mean, I think if you're going to do a Mara Jade show, you want to have her doing something real other than going after some random rebels to, to squash them. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I feel like you have to have, I don't really know. I mean, well, I feel like I feel like yeah, Luke would be a really good idea. 
Which, I mean, then, of course, are they going to spend the money to de-age Mark Hamill? Or are they going to cast somebody else, like, say, Sebastian Stan, who definitely has enough of a resemblance to Mark Hamill that with a little bit of makeup and some other stuff could pull off a decent impersonation of him? Um, Right. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. You know, I mean, with a synopsis that will probably, if this turns out to be true, probably be forthcoming within the next six to seven, eight months. Yeah, I mean, we could speculate more, but without with with only the rumor of the show potentially happening to go off of, it's really, really hard to 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 want to cast everything. Because I could say, oh, well, I mean, if I had to pick a fantasy cast, let's just go ahead and throw Anthony Hopkins in there. Maybe get a little Jack Nicholson action, and then, uh, you know, while you're at it, Maybe get Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, because those are three of the greatest actors of all time, you know, and everything they do is amazing. But, you know, I mean, it's just, it's an impossible question to answer. Just an impossible. Can they bring John Wayne back to life? Because do that. Put John Wayne in there. (laughs) Holograms. Holograms. They can do it with Prince and Mike, so why not? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, well, they brought they they brought Peter Cushing back to life in uh, in Rogue One. Oh, that's right. Through CGI, and then you know had the young Carrie Fisher. They could do it, but do they want to spend the money? That's the issue. They can do whatever they want. Literally, they can basically do whatever they want, but they have to be willing to spend the money. And are they going to spend the money on a Mara Jade show? They're going to spend some, but are they going to spend all of it? Probably not. Oh. Hmm. What? Now, this is just, you know, only because I was curious, and so obviously I was, um, I'm perusing and looking. Um, but going, going back, going back, back, back to like a couple months ago, um, you go, he's just doing a bath right there. Okay. Oh, I don't know. You say, you say Bach, and I think Sebastian oh, Bach okay. from Skid Row. No, never so. mind. Anyway, so if we go back a couple months. Giant comic book nerd, by the way. Sebastian Bach, giant comic book nerd. Um, to September, right? September. September. Okay. The ninth month of the year. Back to the September. Fav was asked whether he was going to bring Mara into... The Mandalorian. Into the Mandalorian. I did not know this. I mean, I might have read it at the time, but it didn't, you know, it didn't stick with me. His response, I don't want to talk about anything that might be fun for people to discover. We do have conversations. Part of what's fun to see, if we could merge the worlds of the original trilogy, the prequels and the sequels, the Clone Wars, and what's been considered canon up to this point, and what's been considered part of legends i think this show offers an opportunity to bring in all those elements so no matter what your uh, flavor of star wars ice cream you like there will be something for you to enjoy or something to enjoy but you're asking the right questions okay so i mean take that for what you will but maybe that's how they kick off the mara jade show is they bring her i into feel the like we're gonna get yeah in season i feel two. like we're i feel like we're gonna get 
in an introduction to the character, even at the maybe at the f- series, uh, the season finale, uh, <clears throat> which might lead into you know whatever, because uh, we're they were Ewan McGregor was saying spring release for Obi Wan. Um, I thought they weren't even starting to film until okay. early next okay. year. Okay, is that the case? But I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but okay. I thought that's what I'll, I'll I read. I'll look, look it up here after, you know, like at some point. Um, and we'll find that out. But I'm the only reason I'm curious is, yeah, I feel like it, this we could be getting... Uh, somehow we're going to start seeing the link between the shows, the characters, and uh, we're going to start seeing... I feel like... I don't know with that with the news that the Mars shows coming with everything that we're looking at I feel like out of the gates post rise of Skywalker somebody got in like got into the middle of it all and pulled all the stories and started pulling them into a line um uh i mean potentially that's always possible um although i feel like anything with mara jade that they'd pull from legends that i feel like they would push that more to the back and it would take a fan like it seems like john favreau is to say like no let's slide that more to the front and that, and I only say that because Mara is so intertwined with Luke. And that's even, yeah. And they were even mentioning Which, that in that article that yeah. you know what an integral part of the story, Luke's story, she even was. Um, oh yeah, no. I mean, her from the moment she was introduced in the Heir to the Empire trilogy to the moment she was killed in uh i can't remember which book she died in but it was in one of the one of the later trilogies when when uh jason solo fell to the dark side um and he's actually the one that killed her uh poisoned her what a bastard um yeah she was i mean in and out for the first little while but then once she fully committed to the jedi path she was there as as a main person uh, and then, you know, eventually her and Luke got married and had a kid. So, yeah, I mean, her her stories as we know them deeply wrapped around Luke Skywalker. Um, I, I feel but, like we're going to – I'm hopeful. I feel like we're going to get some redemption to canon Luke, even if it's not Hamill's Luke. <laughs> I, I – I think if Mara Jade is going to be brought in, they're going to bring her in to the Mandalorian timeline and have little or no connection to Luke. Um, although the Mandalorian timeline would somewhat match up with her first appearance in the Legends, and there's nothing saying she couldn't still be in Emperor's hand, but um, depending on how far out they carry the whole... Um, the whole show of the Mandalorian. I mean, who knows how many seasons of this show they want to pump out as many as they can, obviously, or as many as it makes sense to. Um, yeah. I just don't see how you could have in her involved with Luke at all. 
I just I, I just don't see it unless they make a cartoon later down the road because I mean hey Mark Hamill is Luke as much as I like Sebastian Stan and as much as he can pull off a resemblance to him Mark Hamill is Luke and it, yes we could get Luke voiced by Mark Hamill in a cartoon to fill in some of those gaps um and continue Mara's story, but then, I mean, why not just make an animated series? Why go the live-action route? The animated series is much easier to make, much less complicated. Well, now, um, well, hold on, because I am i mean, if we see Mara in the Mando, it means it's, it's uh, post-Return of the Jedi, right? Yes, re- post-Return means... of the Jedi... Which would which would make sense because she would be free of the empire and the emperor. Which at that and point. I'm not saying that we that it's not. I mean that because if if that's the case, depending on how how long you have her or where and what you do with her story, um, you might you don't have to. Uh, you could have her as another teacher at Luke's school um, when it falls and. You know, even at that point in time, it, it, there's I I you could have Mark Hamill actually play Luke, if you did an older version, more of a a, a senior, not a senior version, but a more mature version of Mara, aged and you, or at least because that's if she's in the Mando, she's gonna be it's gonna be right around the age where. Luke goes from there to the next 30 years and yeah I, I feel like you could even potentially have Hamill play points uh, you could even have her and Hamill like before the fall at, like and she's remembering I don't know yeah the only problem with that the only problem with that theory and it's mm-hmm. kind of a big problem is that would contradict the comic books because right now the comic books have been focusing on Luke in that time period of having his temple and when it was destroyed, and you got zero, zero mention of Mara. Of, uh, of Mara being there. Oh uh, well, we'll have to see what they're planning. But I think <laughs> I, I hate to say it, and I hate to say it, I really hate to say it. But I think not that I hate to say you're. I think you're right. I just hate to say I think you're right about this because I really don't want. Mara and Luke not to have any connection. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, last week we talked about how it seemed like everybody on the Mandalorian was woefully ignorant of the force. And, you know, no, there's no acknowledgement or talk of, of Jedi or Luke Skywalker, even though uh, Cara Dune should know who he is. And I'm wondering if, that isn't a conscious choice on Disney's part to say, hey, you know, we're literally putting out this movie that's supposed to wrap up the Skywalker trilogy. You know, we we have a nice little bow on it. Everybody's fates are ironed out and known. Let's just not go that way. So that's just a little bit of speculation on my part that it's like it's literally Luke is dead and buried. Let's leave him dead and buried and let's focus on characters we can actually build towards something with 
and build upon rather than keep leaning on what's been propping things up for the past 40 years. And I don't know. So it, it's speculation, but it kind of lines up a little bit based on what we've seen that I feel like they're just like, hey, no Luke, leave it alone. No Han, no Leia, just, just no Chewie, just leave it alone. Anywhere else, you can go anywhere else, but just leave right. it alone. And I can't say that you're wrong because we're, we're just seeing a, no. absolutely zero yeah. references to these people that should be, you should at least hear references to, and they're not. So I, I wouldn't, I would not say you're wrong. I mean, I is probably right. I'm, and I have a feeling that I really think Feige has got more control now than he has had in the past. Um, with just how smooth things seem to start are starting to line up. Um, yeah, but I don't think I don't think Feige is involved in the Star Wars properties per se maybe a little bit of oversight of the comic books in general because he's been put in charge of basically everything marvel link um and but where people were they were talking about hey give give star wars to kevin feige so he could do with star wars what he's done with marvel but i'm telling you and that's for everybody like what he's doing with marvel is beyond a full-time job already. And then if you threw him Star Wars on top of it all, you would see one, if not both of them, suffer just because of the the just the gravity that those two properties have pulling on him. That's no one person. As great as he is, I don't think there's any one person that could manage both of those simultaneously. I think if they're going to give Star Wars to anybody, you give it to John fucking Favreau. And you say, here's the ball write your own playbook this is yours run with it and that's where i think they should go i don't think that's where they will go i think they'll keep john creating i don't think they'll have him guiding and directing i think he will keep pumping out these amazing stories that he's pumping out and uh uh and then the people who are in charge will stay in charge uh, what i'm looking at uh He can't read and no. talk at the same if you, time. If anybody case, really understands in case this, you're figuring that out. Um, for, as of November, Feige is working with Kennedy uh, to produce a new Star Wars movie. Um, and so he is. Okay, he so is, he's. He's working with her, but he's not in charge of. But he's not in charge well, of Star Wars. Well, this is a, right. This is he's he's working on he's working on a movie. Kathleen Kennedy is still in charge of Star Wars, and Kathleen Kennedy says Kevin Feige's Star Wars Star Wars movie is quote unquote yeah, a and ways I am off. Seeing that. Yeah, but. He's going to be producing a new Star Wars movie based on his ideas. And and the thing about that, though, is he still had to, retains control of uh, the comics, the Marvel comics of um, 
the Star Wars comics because they're under. So... Yes, yes. As as overall mm-hmm. control of Marvel, he definitely has. If he chooses to take that level of micromanagement, certainly has a say in the Star so Wars. So I'm comics. just I'm um, my. Even if it's not, even if it, he's not taking more of a lead, he's showing her what he's done or something. Because something's going on that there seems to be more attention being paid to story cohesion than has been paid. That was in that was than was paid in, at all in any of the last trilogy of movies. Um, the shows seem to have continuity that especially if you're going to get a Mara Jade show that is um, airing or even if the Mandalorian is just goes two seasons and then you get Mara Jade goes two seasons. um, There's still continuity of storytelling that needs to occur. So because now the Mandalorian stuff is canon. And so I'm just, I don't know. There's, there is a synchronization that's going on that I I didn't see in any of the other movies, and so I'm curious about what the force is behind that has managed to do it, because it's not what we what we've seen from the time um, uh, the Force Awakens came out uh, to what we got with the Rise of Skywalker. Um, so I, I well yeah I mean that's I mean that has been I think out of all of our complaints about any of the of the new trilogy that's been the chief among them that's been the number one complaint is just the the lack of cohesiveness between the three stories and and so yeah so yeah I mean Kevin Kevin Feige like it, he can do whatever he wants if they want him to do a dozen Star Wars movies Trust me, I'm all for it. Um, but it sounds like at most we're going to be getting a singular A Star Wars movie from him at some point in the future. I mean, it could be five years from now when we see that. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on him to be the uh, the driving force behind it. I think he will be obviously a voice in it, but I don't think he's going to be the driving force behind it. Um, I think Kathy Kennedy will be firm at that wheel until she either decides to give it up or, you know, maybe some terrible tragedy happens where some Star Wars project just bombs and she's forced to resign. I don't know. I mean, not that I want that to happen. Don't take that mm. like that. That's so true. And I don't want to see her get canned, obviously. But I mean, her contract's up in 2021 sometime next year so she may just choose to move on i'm not saying that she will it's like if she's doing well if maybe she'll have something really you know she'll do some kick-ass shit this year and really i guess redeem her name kind of from from what the last trilogy you know kind of did took it through the mud i mean somebody's got to be to blame and when you're in charge that's kind of the role you know well, you know, I don't know how in the mud her name is, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, the movies have all made plenty of money, which, 
I mean, deep down is probably the only metric they really care about. So who knows what, what it's going to be. Maybe she does choose to move on on her own. I'm sure she's probably highly in demand or some a woman, especially with her talents and her knowledge and her uh, her resume and pedigree is probably very, very de- in high demand all across Hollywood. So maybe she will move on. Um, maybe she won't. Uh, I would just like to see future projects maybe come from a place that's more connected with the fandom. I think maybe she's been too close to it for too long and, and has lost that fan eye that um, I think is so important to making projects like this, um, like Star Wars, like any of the Avengers or Marvel movies. You can tell that they have a very, um, the Avengers movies, especially the ones done by um, the Russo brothers, they have a very keen eye towards, towards fandom. And you might say it's fan service. Well, whatever. I mean, it's the fans who are supporting the movies. And so, I mean, I think you have to maybe come from that that place. Abrams is another one That's that has, name. he really, he does have, do a lot of fan service in his movies. And he, I mean, Star Trek, you look at what he did with Star Trek. Um, uh, which ones, uh, he was also, um, beyond just rebooting Star Trek, what was the other series he rebooted? Um, oh, I mean, not he Star, kind of did just that Star, Star Wars. Wars thing, right? Not no, not oh. just Star Wars. <laughs> I tell you, but no, no, he's like he's another one that has done his name with reboots. He he he's attached his name really well, and he's done a lot of nice Easter eggs. Put a whole lot of that stuff into into his movies. Um, I well, that first Star Trek movie was just pure perfection. Yeah, it was. Um, it was absolutely perfect. I remember I was skeptical about going to see that, and you took me. Um, <laughs> you said, "No, we're going to go see this movie," and so we piled in your car and we went and saw the movie. And yeah, I was I was smiling from the start to the end. Right, he did. He just it. He, he got it, and so, like uh, uh, Mandalorian uh, with uh, Favreau, um, he gets it too it's like i'm not and i'm not saying that that kathy Kennedy doesn't i just wish we had had more of a concrete arc in this third trilogy and i feel i don't know what happened to develop it so that that continuity for a for a trilogy that should be there that needs to be there wasn't there and again and that so if i speak of any displeasure or dissatisfaction i only speak of the last trilogy the last three this set of three movies they knew it was going to be a trilogy you knew it had to be going to somewhere and i don't understand how how it fell apart so horribly i mean other than obvious money, you saw how all the what they were trying to do with the the backstories, like with Solo, um, the Solo alone put the huge kibosh on any of those uh, backstory um, character movies. Uh, so it's I don't know what what the hang-up has been in that transfer to full-on Disney property. Um, Marvel didn't have that same hang-up. And I don't... I mean, and I'm not... Obviously, they're two different kinds of universes. It's like Star Wars... Marvel has been 
they've read it's like comic books how many times have we had spider-man rebooted not just in movie form but in comic book form i mean ridiculous amounts of time i know that i mean we should still have the main line but uh there's been amazing spider-man there's been um uh or i mean ultimate spider-man there's obviously the new miles morales spider-man you have um i know they rebooted the series just like uh completely uh relaunched what in was it the 80s or 90s um, well, and then again with like Ultimate Spider-Man yeah. and things like that. Yeah, so, I mean, reboots are reboots are always going to be a thing. Um, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if before the end of my lifetime we see the Skywalker movies rebooted. Right. We see them go back to the well. And but that's the interesting part about Star Wars is we're still 40 years in the making of Star Wars. And they haven't rebooted. They've just, I mean, they, they complete well they decanonized and hacked a huge amount but it's like that was movies that hadn't been made that was a universe that existed pretty much in novels and comic books right yeah and video games games, yeah yeah. um i mean you could view the the decanonization as almost a soft reboot to an extent Mm -hmm. um because they did completely remove what was known to be you know the the final backstory of of the movie characters by getting rid of the legend stuff true but at the same um, time they still they still kept all the movies as main canon without re i mean without any of touching them and they haven't touched them other than what well the, i mean the, other than adding in different special effects and tweaks on scenes and things like that right um and yeah, which some of those I I will never fully come to grasp with. Um, you know, I mean, the the amount of controversy alone about um, Greedo shooting first is right. is massive. And then you look at all the other all the other stuff that they've they've tweaked and changed over the years. And some of it's great. Like I I do enjoy how they kind of brought up the. Uh, the 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 fighter battle at the end of a new hope you know with the new uh, the new style of filming and the cgi and actually like getting outside of the cockpits and seeing the fighters maneuvering i thought that was great and it doesn't affect the story at all i like um, the scene where han just, walks over jabba's tail and where han walks over jabba's tail <laughs> yeah which... i don't know why i like that so much but that's like one of the most memorable <laughs> additions to me well it's because Java was originally not supposed to be a slug when they filmed that scene and then they cut it. And so in re-adding it, they, they had to make Jabba be the Jabba we know, obviously. So when they filmed it, Han walked around a human. And so they had to tweak it to where, okay, well, he can't walk around Jabba and not step on his tail. So that's what they did. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. That was my favorite. That was my favorite. I don't know. Well, and the I will admit, and the the outside the cockpit, cockpit, cockpit with the X wings. Oh, um, that was really, really a freaking nice touch. Yeah, you know, and it's a testament to the filmmaking on Return of the Jedi that they didn't alter that end battle in space one bit. Um, mm-hmm. 
Well, it's still Other rates than, wait, I think one they of digitally the... wait, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. They digitally added more ships. They made the battle look bigger. There were fewer ships in the original cut and they digitally added more ships, I think, on both sides to make the battle seem even bigger. That's bad. that scene though still holds up as one of the best special effects scenes in cinema, I think it was, or something like that, just because um it's it's a beyond just legendary scene. I mean, it's he hit from lighting. He did a huge amount that without CGI that is just, it was masterful. It was really. Oh yeah, dude. I, I love that. That end, that final 30 minutes of return of the Jedi is among my favorite things they've ever done in star Wars. Um, You know, I could actually do with less of them fighting on the planet itself, like, and more of the Luke dual slash, uh, space battle going on. I could, I wish there was more of that and a little bit less on Endor, but I mean, for the most part, I I absolutely love it. I just all I know is when they cut to Endor, I'm just I can't wait for them to get back to Luke and Vader or back to Lando and the and the rebellion fighting up in space. Right. The the the, the movies were they were just that that trilogy was just masterfully done. Um, and I just, I, I, there were some things, yeah, you, that were corny about it, but I don't know. It added, it adds to the charm, I think, of some of the movies back that I was thinking about that we, that we cut our teeth on, we grew up with. Um, now I think we'd call them. Oh, yeah. Campy, Return of the Jedi, first, but... first movie I ever saw in the theater. I was not even quite three years old, but I remember, <coughs> I remember being in the theater in Moscow, Idaho watching return of the jedi with my parents right see those those are good those are that's the memories that uh i think really have kept star wars kind of alive and relevant even through all the years is because it has had those memories and it's come out at times when it's like had it come out before it did um it wouldn't have been grandparents taking grandkids or uh uh, the the parent the parents that went took their kids and then now you wouldn't have those parents or the kids taking their own kids you wouldn't have that progression that makes it really kind of uh, such a f- I guess foothold and you know uh, it, it, it's so unique in cinema right yeah no exactly um, you know if if it had happened later, it would have been, um, well, if it had happened earlier, I think it just, it was one of those things that happened when it was ready for it to happen. Um, you know, like the shows that people had grown up with, like Lost in Space and all the other, you know, space dramas of the 50s and 60s, Star Trek, um, those had all kind of come and gone but people were still in that place where, you know, it wasn't that far uh, after we had just landed on the moon that that movie came out, you know, it was like what, seven, eight years. Mm. Um, It was just the right time in history. Um, Yeah, absolutely. uh, Yeah. It was just, it was just perfect. And people were ready, ready for space. And then to do special effects like they had never been done before and just completely revolutionized the movie industry on top of it all. Um, 
but aren't we supposed to be talking about Mara Jade? Yeah, we like, are. Isn't that, that we were. We, we, we digressed. To be about Mara Jade. Wow. We digressed a long Sorry about time our ramble, ago. guys. We 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 yeah. You should know this by now. So back. Yeah, we warned you. We warned you. <laughs> back to Mara Jade. Um, you know what? I don't even remember where we left off. With well, it. I I can't tell you for sure, but I with I I want to talk to you about a little bit of some thoughts that I was having on this whole thing because with the new information that we have because we do have some information I we've been kind of holding back because we were going to talk about it in a coming episode but um, you know I I had this thought develop right and it's we now know when Obi-Wan takes place which is like kind of uh, at the same time eight, Solo happened. Yeah, I think they said eight years after Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have an idea when that's taking place, and we also know now that the Mando is going to be going for five seasons. Um, yes, I mean I could see it going for more, but um, it means they probably have a yeah. very specific place they're going with the story. That's I, I think that's probably a good call. That's probably a good uh, a good snag right there. Is that yeah they're they're a very very set spot that they want to get to, and it probably does in fact line up with a movie. So I agreed completely. So with that also on the with all that on the table, I'm really curious about the about the character they're going to introduce through Mara Jade. I mean, I don't know how it's all going to line up. It's it's peculiar, isn't it? Yeah, like it's my biggest curiosity about Mara Jade is just where in this whole thing they're going to drop her. Like where is she going to land because that I think that ultimately that is the biggest decision they have to make, even bigger than who are they going to get to play her? Where are they going to drop her into the story? Because um, where they drop her changes so much. I mean, she's such a pivotal character. So they and they obviously have plans to make her at least um, a, a pretty sizable name, especially if they're going to do an entire show on her. And um, there has never even been a mention in any movie or anything like that. So it's not like Obi Wan who. Like fans really got to like and love and you know do all that kind of stuff with um through uh a new hope and then through the the first trilogy you really get to know him and identify with him um but mara jade this is a brand new character to anybody who doesn't know eu um so i'm left to really freaking wonder what they're going to do with her because to give her her own show and to put her on beside um, the Mando, which I suppose in some ways it's a, it's not the same thing because at least people are familiar with what, you know, it's like people who don't know what a Mandalorian is or who they were and are, um, you at least didn't, when you looked at it, you weren't like, oh, I don't know what that is. You're like, oh, hey, that guy kind of looks like Boba Fett. Or Django Fett, or which whenever whoever you're familiar with, and so you're like, oh yeah. Well, and I, I think most people probably said Boba. Yeah, right. Most people probably said Boba, but 
see, and that's that's kind of where I'm I'm at is it's like so you had familiarity to it. This is a character that's again it was huge to the EU and has huge fan base for those that invested in everything um, beyond the movies, but. This is a brand new character that nobody has ever introduced beyond uh, the EU. I mean, it's like, you know what I mean? Uh, I think she appeared in one of the Jedi Knight video games where you played as Kyle Katarn. Yeah, other than the EU books and maybe a couple of comic appearances here and there, yeah, there hasn't been, and a novel, and novels, of course, but yeah, I mean, there hasn't really been much done with her. Um, Ultimately... I think the Mandalorian show is going to be the building block. It's going to be the keystone. It's going to be the cornerstone, whatever you want to call it, for everything else. And with that other revelation we got about the Mandalorian, where they're basically saying Baby Yoda is going to be the Yoda of the new generation of movies going forward. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, well, that news literally hit while we were in the middle of recording this. Right. Um, So... Yeah, and that uh, what I imagine big. they're going to do, what I imagine they're they're going to do is depending on when the Mar Jade series is set to debut, um, I think we are going to see her show up in the Mandalorian because you know the armor basically said, hey, you know, we have legends of a group of sorcerers called Jedi who have powers similar to this baby. I think they're going to end up finding Mara Jade on the show, on The Mandalorian. And that will be the passing off to where Mando's like, okay, I've done what I said I want. Maybe it's the series finale. Maybe it's not. It would be nice if they... I don't know. I'm torn because I don't want The Mandalorian to ever end. Um, But yeah, maybe... And and that's like I said, it's probably not going to be the series finale just based on the timing. I think they're going to want to get that Mara Jade show out within the next few years and if we're in a five season arc you know if we're going to do a season a year basically it's probably what we can count on with that kind of a time frame especially um, with obi-wan I, coming because then you can even stagger them where you get a season of uh mandalorian is season of obi-wan and you have both summer and winter well yeah and i mean and on top of all the other original content coming i mean because we've got obi-wan show coming Darth Maul show coming, uh, Cassian Andor show coming, and now there's rumors that Poe Dameron's either going to get a show or origin story movie um, because he was probably the favorite of the new characters. I mean, him and Ray. I would tie him and Ray as a favorite for the new characters. I personally liked Poe quite a bit just because I'm a huge Oscar Isaacs fan, um, and I didn't really know Daisy Ridley Um or John Boyega from from much of anything else prior to that, but Oscar Isaac I've been watching in movies for a while and a big fan of, and um, and yeah, and I think he actually had one of the more interesting character arcs. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming. Um, Mara Jade it, thrown into that mix now, um, but I can't see them waiting until the end of the Mandalorian show to bring out something as anticipated as Mara Jade. So. I think maybe in season, end of season four, <coughs> excuse me, 
end of season four of the Mandalorian, we will see Mara Jade show up and that will be the Jedi that baby Yoda is passed off to. And then the Mara Jade show might be the training and growth of baby Yoda until whatever is going to happen happens to develop this, the new Jedi order where he becomes the new Yoda for the future generations. Well, and here's the thing that I also am thinking about is uh, we're at, he's 50 years old now and you don't hear him talk. He can't talk yet for whatever reason or hasn't talked yet. Um, right. Or yeah. Or is choosing not to like you, you kind of suggested the other week. Mm-hmm. Um, so is, if that's the case, when does a Yoda really start developing those that way? And is, I mean, if you look at a thousand years, even at a hundred years old, that would be the equivalent of like a ten-year-old, um, or a thousand, You know what I mean? It's well. I mean, we can look for clues from things that Yoda said. You know, like Yoda told Luke that he had trained Jedi for eight hundred years, and we know that Yoda was somewhere just beyond nine hundred years old when he died. So by the time Yoda was a hundred, he was a master. He was a Jedi master training Jedi. So maybe it's about the time that he maybe in 25 more years, he'll be at the place where he is, you know, um, more of an adult. And then at uh, by the time he's 100, you know, he can he's a fully trained Jedi master. I mean, obviously, he's incredibly talented with the force. Um, so he'll probably get jumped up to those advanced classes and be rocking and rolling um that is an interesting interesting thing to bring up though that was i mean like the fact that uh i forgot about the fact that yoda was a master jedi by so young which means another yeah another 25 years added on and he's easily to that age of at least a jedi knight and angsty i mean beyond even angsty teenager i suppose um so that's because I didn't. I guess I didn't realize that. I mean, I say development. Obviously, mental development is different completely than you know. Surprise, different than physical development. Ah, <gasps> shocker. Um, so yeah, fuck. Uh, yeah, I'm a dumbass. Uh, but so I suppose it's like it, it, it's a really big question as far as uh, when though they're gonna ultimately make the make the series because even to do future movies we're talking fifty years down the road for Yoda if he's gonna be like take over like as uh, Master Jedi kind of thing and uh, or even a Grandmaster or whatnot and that yeah that. Timelines that that's even a little bit further than we currently are. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, and I mean, and here's something a little more interesting. How do we actually know that Baby Yoda is actually 50 years old? I mean, we only have the the guy, the Imperial agent, you know, played by Warner Herzog, telling us that yo, your target is 50. Well, how do we know that he's actually 50? I mean, we don't. Maybe that'll be a plot twist, you know? He's like, oh, no, he's not 50. He's way younger than that. He's only 19 or whatever, you know? I mean, it's hard to say. They can they can tweak stuff 
down the road depending on their needs it's a really easy thing to say that no that Im- that imperial had wrong information yeah he was he- i think the picture is going to get much more clear by the time we're into the the second season of the mandalorian agreed um i i i'm excited to see where it goes definitely though that's gonna be yeah but i i mean i think they will drop mara jade sometime in the post empire period and i think they'll use the mandalorian to launch her um just because it'll allow them to keep that most interesting aspect of her which is that she was an emperor's hand Mm -hmm. um and that because she was an emperor's hand you know and she broke free when the emperor died now, how she goes from being an emperor's hand to being somebody who serves the light is going to be something interesting. Um, and maybe they'll split Mara's show up. Maybe they'll do, like, the first season will be, like, telling the tales of when she was in the Empire. And then maybe season two will pick up with her meeting the Mandalorian hey. and taking Baby Yoda. I mean, it's hard to say. They could they could do whatever they want. And depending on how creative they want to be or what kind of timeline they're trying to hit, you know, they could do some really cool stuff. Really quick um, question, though. Uh, what's up? Going through Jedi Fallen Order, you're only introduced to the hand, uh, two and nine, right? Yes, but those are Inquisitors. Those, those are, inquisitors, are not, Emperor's not Emperor's hands. hands. Okay. Uh, those are two completely different orders because yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think by the time Mara Jade becomes a thing in the Empire... Um, Vader's pretty much wiped out the Inquisitors because they don't want the Inquisitors becoming a threat to the Emperor's power. And as they continue to operate and do their duty, they're obviously going to grow more powerful in the dark side. And, you know, Vader and Emperor don't want any any threats. And all it takes is one ambitious Inquisitor saying, oh, you know what, I think I could do a better job. Or this Vader is not so powerful. Or, or what does that Emperor know? Blah, blah, blah. Um... And then, yeah, but I mean, and also once they deem the Jedi to be extinct, is there really a need for the Inquisitors? That's the other part. Right. Which makes you you wonder where they're going to go with uh, the second uh, game for Fallen Order. Um, Oh, I, well, I think the Inquisitors are still going to be a thing. Um, I mean, obviously Darth Vader is still going to be a thing in that universe. So, um, well, you know, that Cal's probably going to die. Well, at some point, probably, or maybe he goes off somewhere far, far away and forms a Jedi conclave, and maybe they bring that conclave into the show, you know? I mean, we're always hearing about these hidden Sith areas. Why can't there be a a hidden Jedi place? Something that manages to remain undetected for, you know, for however many decades until, you know, they're ready to, to emerge until the galaxy is ready for them to emerge. They definitely um, would have to cut themselves off completely from everything. And I mean, completely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if they go to a, a distant enough, remote enough backwater system and they don't go out into the galaxy to do, to do Jedi stuff, frankly, I mean, I think it's very possible for them to stay under the radar. Truth. Um, you know, I was playing Battlefront 2 this weekend. Um, <coughs> excuse saying. me, I'm coughing. I'm I'm fighting a cold, you know, and I, I played that mission where you play as Luke Skywalker um, raiding the Emperor's Observatory. And you end up interacting with a member of the Inferno Squad named Dell. And he was sent there to destroy the Observatory. Um, 
and Luke rescues him and him and Luke kind of team up to survive. And, um, you know, Dell was like, you know, you're, I know what you are and I know who you are. And he goes, but all I was ever taught was how evil on Coruscant was how evil you guys were. And, you know, Luke's kind of like, well, maybe you were taught wrong. Did you ever even stop to think about that? And then they make it into the empire or the emperor's, um, little vault where Luke's going to get something called a compass and Dell just wants to blow the whole place up. And Luke goes, can I just take this? He goes, you can destroy it. I just want this one thing. Um, and, you know, in the process of getting into the vault, you know, Luke has to use the force to open the door. Dell's like, this door has no controls. There's no power. It's just, it's just a door. How do we open? And Luke, Luke goes like this and he waves his hand, you know, force, force opens the door like we've seen in movies. And Dell's like, are you trying to tell me that these Jedi that the Emperor and the Empire have taught us to hate and fear that the Emperor was secretly one of them? One of these sorcerers? So, like, yeah, apparently the Emperor hid what he was, even from his own people, even after the the Jedi were long gone. Hmm. Wow. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? It, it is. It is. Crazy and Huh. Yeah, yeah. So, again, Mara Jade, I think I think they bring her in post-Emperor, um, connect her to the Mandalorian, and then, yeah, who knows where they go. Um, I, I would really like to hear somebody other than, you know, like the people connected in the video game industry. I would like to hear somebody from Lucasfilm talk about maybe future intentions with, um, with the Fallen Order game to see what their thoughts are. Cause obviously they used a real actor, um, a young guy who is capable of appearing in things. And you know, his, his image would be completely intact going from a video game to a film. Um, it would be curious to see if they have any plans for him. But, um, you know, I mean, that is what it is. Right. You know, I mean, very rarely do video games and everything else intertwine. Um, you know, they'll probably, unfortunately, end up just treating Fallen Order as just stand a standalone story and standalone canon. That's yes, it's like you know, just like Solo. It's a Star Wars story, but it's not a part of the. It doesn't connect with anything else. Of course. They could very easily connect it with Star Wars Rebels by having you meet, um, who's that, Ezra or Kanan, whoever, whatever, because that Star Wars Rebels, the, you know, the main guy that Freddie Prince Jr. voiced was another Padawan that survived the Purge. So him and Cal probably at least knew of each other, if not directly know each other. Um, Ooh. Maybe they'll connect it with that. Who knows? Or, again, it's more than likely going to be standalone than not. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Lots to think about there. Lots to think about there. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm, I'm anxiously awaiting to hear what names get attached to this Mara Jade project. Um, yeah. I would not surprise yeah. me if they got Favreau involved with it. I hope they do. Like I said, I think Favreau should at least have his voice heard in just about everything. Um, he's proved time and time again, he knows what the hell he's talking about. 
I mean, he definitely seems to have his finger more on the pulse of of how to make this stuff and make it well than than most other people do. So, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I suppose we're also going to have to see how, to see how future uh, seasons, seasons of The Mando shape up. I mean, this first one was awesome, and if it's any indication of how it's going to go, then we have nothing, nothing to worry about or be disappointed by, but... You know, hey, yeah, I mean, mean, the second season could, could completely bomb and suck. It could. It could. It probably won't. But, I mean, that possibility is always out there. I mean, the original Iron Man was amazing. Iron Man 2 was not so much a, a <laughs> knockout of a movie. So, I mean, I mean, there is no, of course, there is no guarantee that the, the follow-up is going to measure up to the first. Because, I mean, the first one does set a very, very, very high bar. Um, it really does, and it was so nice to get get that the nods that I really was hoping for in the other in the trilogy to to get them in the first season of the Mando. And I mean, how many? What if they were? How long were that each? Was each episode anywhere from like thirty six to forty eight minutes? Okay, so even if it was half an hour a shot, eight episodes. We're talking that's four hours right there. Now you add in the extra 15 minutes here and there, even, I mean, you could get another hour out of that. So you potentially like nine hours of viewing, right? Uh, for what? For just one season? No, one season's about three. One season's like an extra length. If you watched it all back to back to back, like you could watch it in roughly the same amount of time that you could watch Avengers Endgame. Weren't there eight? So you could basically. Eight episodes though? You could. Yeah, in Mando there was eight episodes. So if each is half an hour, that means by... That's two hours. But then you've got the episodes that are like 48, 52 minutes, um, some that are 36. And, of course, that's including opening, the little opening Star Wars um, logo or whatever that they decided to add where it's kind of flashing from all the faces of, like, the droids and Kylo and Stormtroopers and stuff like that. Um uh, well, and let's then, look know, it up. The end. I'm going to find out. Airtime for man. Well, it's going. It varies from episode to episode. Um, hang on, I can. I can probably do it quicker by opening up Disney Plus right here on my cell phone. Hopefully, I can see run times on everything. Recommended for you, The Mandalorian. Number one, top thing. Um. Info. Maybe I'm not going to be able to see it. Right. I'm like looking. I'm like, uh, I'm like looking for it. Oh wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, wait, hold on. How about this? Episode two was only 32 minutes. Um, it all depends on how long the title is. Chapter two is 32. Chapter three is 37. Chapter four is 41. Chapter 5 is 35, chapter 6 is 43, chapter 7 is 40, and chapter 8 is 48. So, I mean, you're if you averaged all that out, you're probably looking at forty an average of 40 minutes per episode. So, 40 minutes per episode, that's, uh, what, 320 minutes? Uh, your math checks out, I think. You know, I, I could use a calculator. Um, I'm I'm on my iPhone right now. There we go. So I, I'm pretty sure it's 320 minutes. 
And that yeah. gives us about five hours, five hours and what, twenty minutes of ish runtime. Yeah, give or take. Um, give or take. So five, still five hours, dude. That's like, that's that's significant. You get done with season that's two, two and that's two movies. That's two full. That's two actually beyond full length movies. That's two like big feature length movies. So just with season two, we're going to get more viewing time with the Mandalorian than we got with all with the three trilogy. And you know, and and that's Uh, where I'm going to be. No, 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 no. We, we, with the Mandalorian, we'll get with season two combined, we'll get roughly the same amount of viewing time as it'll be slightly more than the new trilogy. Oh, that's right. They're only doing six, six episodes. No, they're doing eight. Oh, they're doing eight. eight okay. But okay. Thought I Rise of Skywalker was almost Rise of Skywalker was almost three hours, and then the other two were like two and a half ish. So I mean, you're looking at eight hours right there. So yeah, I mean, if they if they stick to the five hour over the course of the season, then yeah, I mean, it'll roughly be it'll be two hours or so more than the new trilogy. And and the amount of fan service that's going on right now in the Mando, it's like I'm at least feeling the love there. I'm feeling the love with those series. I hope they keep that love going um, with the fan, the the fan love uh, in in all the live action live actions, because it, viewing time wise, we're getting more bang for the buck by getting all that all the the happy fan service in those those episodes and those shows you know oh absolutely and then i mean they they haven't revealed much detail in the way of anything for anything else um but the rumor for obi-wan and of course the show is kind of being rewritten right now so maybe this goes away is that the the villain of the obi-wan show is actually going to be um, a Jedi that I think we talked about a little bit earlier in uh, another episode um, named Asherod Het, who was uh, a Tusken Raider Jedi who was the son of another famous Jedi, and he escaped the Purge and then went and became like a, a... He went and hid among the Sand People, but became kind of a warlord, and then he ended up falling to the dark side and becoming a Sith. He's rumored to be the villain of the Obi Wan series. Oh, crazy! Or at least it was said that in it was said in the original scripts that he was going to be. Now, whether or not that stays, I don't know. But that would literally be taking a story from the EU and adapting it. I don't know if you for, remember, but like when we played the MMO Star Wars. I named yeah, my I Jedi after him. <laughs> did you really? Yes, and no, I completely I didn't played that. a dark Jedi with him, dude. I did everything evil that I could possibly do. <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't remember that at oh, all. Oh, that's so yeah. So I'm I'm tickled pink by that news. If it if it stays, that that's like that's awesome. Oh, that would be so that'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be great, and I think that would be a good choice because that's. Uh, Definitely it's another, a really, another really, EU thing being brought back into the into the canon, and that's never a bad thing. I liked how his story liked how was so multiple layered. Um, yeah, his story was very very complex as far as Star Wars stories go. Um, 
And I think Star Wars fans are sophisticated enough to handle complex stories as long as they're done well, which seems to be the ultimate theme when it comes back to anything new Star Wars is we want it to be done well. Continuity. Um, it's got to it, Continuity. Yeah, it has to make it all has to fit together in, in a neat little package. Um, and yes, that becomes easier the simpler the story is. But, um, you know, some there has to be some nuance sometimes somewhere in a Star Wars story there. You have to be able to do nuance and it has to be able to work. And, you know, in the Mandalorian, you know, while it's it is a pretty straightforward story, you know, you've got this warrior protecting this kid. It's very, you know, almost lone wolf and cub ish from, uh, you know, if you if you're familiar with that story from uh, from manga, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it's also slightly nuanced because you're looking at um, you have to look at some of the choices that the Mandalorian makes and, you know, some of the positions he puts himself in and that, you know, life isn't always, you know, his he starts off saying, I can bring you in um, warm or I can bring you in cold, you know, and that's a very black and white kind of straightforward thing. And he ends up kind of twisting off of that towards the end. He really does. Um, and the, the it's, it's a nice development. I also like the fact that, I mean, and we talked about it a little bit before with the, the stormtroopers sitting out in the desert waiting with the baby Yoda. Uh, I want to see it. Um, I, you know, the more I think about it is how nice it is to see those moments, whether it was for comedy, whether it's for, for not whatever it was, it, it, it brings it back into focus that there's more than just a drone or some non-personality fodder underneath the helmet that it reminds you that whether they're clones or they're mercenaries or whatever, that it's like they kind of, they have personalities well, I mean, they're they're people. Yeah. They're living, breathing beings. You know, they're they they have things that they love and care about beyond their duty. Um, you, they're like us. I think that was that was kind of the cool thing is that oh, these guys in a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away aren't that much different from us. Um, Absolutely. You know, and yeah, it's stuff like that is cool to to see. Now, do I need an entire show of stormtroopers sitting around smoking and joking? No, not at all, not in the least. But little snippets of that or stuff like that is perfect. It, it adds that that little bit of nuance and a little bit of fla- uh, flavor to what was once. I mean, the stormtroop. My thought, like stormtroopers, just stand still, hold your gun, at, or don't when you're shooting, like. <laughs> they can't shoot they can't hit anything those are the two things about a stormtrooper i guess it's like that i think of it's so it was nice i just i really liked it i like what they're doing with it so yeah hopefully they bring that forward into the new shows yeah or stuff like it you know it was something that you didn't know you wanted until you got it you know them punching baby yoda in the head aside you didn't know that you wanted to see that sort of stuff until you saw it and you're like you know what that was kind of cool um, and yes, it was funny and it was probably, I would say 75% written for humor. I mean, just based on the conversations that they were having with each other and that they were having with whoever they were talking to on the radio, you know, about, Hey, can we bring this freaking thing in yet already? Um, you know, yeah, it was probably 75% written for comedy. And then the other 25 was just like, Hey, look, 
yeah, it's stormtroopers, and yes, look, they're trying to shoot, and they actually can't. Ha, 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 ha. Um, <laughs> you know, but but it did show you something about those just those faceless, white-armored characters that we've grown accustomed to just seeing getting mowed down. Absolutely. Like, that's all they've been good for. That's all they've ever been is literal cannon fodder. And then now and, they have a little depth in that in that sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's something interesting well, and they to think actually, about. Actually, hang on, yeah. though. But on that same subject, they kind of did a little bit of that in in Battlefront 2 and the story missions. Um, like, you actually go to the main character's home planet, and it's, like, on the verge of being destroyed. And, and they're, she's like, no, this is my home. We need to try to help all the people. And you're from here, too, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you had the one guy that's like, no, these are our orders. And she's like, well, I'm not going to follow our orders. Um. So, yeah, I mean, they're... <sighs> Maybe that was a conscious choice over both things. Maybe it's a coincidence, but maybe they're maybe they're going to be moving in that direction of humanizing them a little bit more. So I'm I'm hopeful definitely with those things. If you know Disney can get and I can't say there's been any bad really horrid casting going on for the Mandalorian or anything like that. Really. Um, so oh, no, Mandalorian was perfectly cast. I'm really, I'm looking I forward mean, to Mara Jade and how they, how they cast that and with the story that we're going to see develop and even McGregor coming back on Obi-Wan, dude, I can't, I'm pumped for that too. Oh no. I mean, the Obi-Wan thing is something I think people have been clamoring for, for a long time. Hey, give Obi-Wan his own, give us a movie series about Obi-Wan. Give us just where he's the main character. People have been wanting that for a long time, and I'm glad that eventually we will have it. Now, and I'm glad that that Ewan is um, reprising the role. When does he go to Tatooine? At the end of Revenge of the Sith. That's what I thought. So this whole thing is going to take place on Tatooine. I mean, presumably he might go out into the galaxy at some point, but I mean, him being on Tatooine and Asherod Het being the rumored right with the antagonist people, that of the show lines up, um, and would definitely make sense. I mean, because I don't know how much he would want to leave Luke. Well, leave Luke slash go out into a galaxy that's now completely hostile to Jedi. Right, and that was kind of it. I always thought from the time Luke got there uh, that he, old Ben was had always been there. I mean, it definitely seemed like it. And I mean, of course, he could have had a ship stashed anywhere on that, sh on that planet. But, I mean, if he had had a ship, why did they need to go and hire somebody? Why did they have to go and hire Han Solo? So, I mean... Um, I think, no, he didn't have a ship. Bale dropped him off. Bale Organa dropped him off. That's exactly what happened is Bale Organa dropped him off in the same way that they dropped Yoda on Dagobah. Okay. That is exactly what, he did not have a ship to leave. There we go. So maybe he did spend the entirety of his time on Tatooine. Of course, in, in the EU, I think they did have adventures where he went out to try to help the few remaining Jedi um, and it was on one of those missions that he learned that Anakin had survived. Um, but you know, maybe who knows what they'll do? Who knows what they'll do? 
We'll have to see. So, But, I mean, I imagine he would have to stay somewhat low profile for a while because he was certainly one of the more famous Jedi of the Clone Wars and would definitely be a recognizable character. Um, And, I mean, you would think that the Emperor and Vader would both be like, well, Vader didn't kill him, so he must still be out there somewhere. Right. And the thing is, yeah, Vader knew he was probably probably out there but it's like because even in uh new hope when uh they go on the ship that's the i feel a presence i haven't felt in a long time or whatever he says yeah he's very vague i sense something a presence i've not felt since and then he kind of trails off and want and kind of walks away yeah um so hmm interesting to think about Interesting to think about. Something to think about for another show, which we will get to in at, at some point in time. And so, do you want to do Mando next week? Are we, should we get to that finally? Well, I mean, God, we've, <laughs> we, can't, we can't talk for more than 10 minutes, it seems, without bringing Mando up. So, yeah, maybe, maybe we just talk <laughs> about Mando and, and have a more focused episode, and we won't get to take our listeners on a, on a wild journey with us where i mean man we went from news to mara jade to just the general state of star wars production to uh to hashtag me too stuff to right. back to star wars and wow yeah. we we took we took a trip i it, thank you for joining us for our trip um yeah yeah thank you i hope uh i hope we didn't i hope we didn't lose any of you guys during our our trip into the tall weeds but um you know, we're never not going stuff. to talk about what's on our mind. If something comes up, we're going to talk about it. That's just the way we are. And if you have something to say, shoot us a line about it, because we always like to hear from you guys, too. That's right. Um, our Twitter should be up and running any day now, and I will drop that. Um, I'll drop that Twitter in to the uh to the next episode so we know uh so you guys know how to reach out to us and please follow us like us review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it if you love it if you hate it just take a minute to give us a review um if you have suggestions for future episodes or requests um hit us with that too and we will uh we will of course listen and and interact and respond if you know anybody that might like the show send it on to them yeah, spread spread the word. We would definitely like to have the option and the ability to do as many of these as possible, which all is going to depend on um, on how much it's listened to on on the demand. So on that note, until next week, guys. This is this is guy, and this is buddy, and we have spoken. <laughs>